Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from the Chorus Studios, CKNW Radio in Vancouver. This is Oilers Now. It is 1234 in Edmonton. You can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. JR from Calgary says, Bob, any chance Vancouver does a swap with Edmonton for uh, Vertanen and the 8th in exchange uh, for the 10th if they do the rumored Lucic uh, and Erickson deal as a sweetener. Cheers from JR. Um, well, I mean, there's a no movement clause that uh, has to take place for Louis Erickson. Not sure where that's at. I know he's been critical of Travis Green, the head coach of the uh, Vancouver Canucks. So you're saying the Oilers would uh, drop down two spots and get Jake Vertanen as a sweetener. I don't see Vancouver doing that deal, to be honest with you. Another text comes in from Jay. Bob, what about, yes, a Paul Yarvey and the eight to Chicago for the third could you imagine having uh, Bone Byram and uh, Evan Bouchard playing together for the next 10 to 12 years? A true number one and number two defenseman on the orders at the same time. Yes, please, Jay. Jay, I can't see Chicago doing that. Um, I think at this stage of the game, Paul Yarvey's, uh, you know, the valuation on him isn't worth climbing five spots in the draft for. Again, I'm just being pragmatic here. Uh, again, you can uh, text us at 6.30, 6.30. But we are going to be joined, as promised, by Louis DeBrusque, who's in Vancouver as well. We just had to negotiate contact with him. Louis, it's Bob Stoffer. How are you? Hello, Louis. How are you doing? You got me? I got you now. How are you doing, big man? I'm <laughs> doing pretty good. How are you doing? Uh, not bad. Not bad at all. We've got Ken Holland coming up later on today in Oilers Now. Um, Louie, we've spent too much time over the last uh, several weeks talking about, uh, when, we, when we're not talking playoffs, talking about Yessa Pugliarvi, talking about Milan Lucic. Well, Pugliarvi push has now come to shove after the comments of the agent yesterday. Uh, it's basically saying he won't be back at Edmonton. He's either going to be traded says the agent, or he'll be in Europe. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Well, 
always unfortunate, I think, anytime that happens. Uh, just my belief anyway in organization, the player obviously feels that, um, you know, one, he hasn't been given the opportunity. He feels he should have been gotten um, the guidance, whatever it is. I, you know, um, it doesn't really matter. The fact of the matter is that he's not happy and he wants to try somewhere else. So that's always disappointing from any organization's point of view to see a young player come up with that type of a demand, I think. But in this situation, I guess from what you just said previously, I don't think it's, you know, not a shocker to me and probably not a shocker to you that there was a difference there. You know, there there just hasn't been a connection. And, you know, listen, I've said this all along. I said, yes, is a very young player, and I think that he has to be given the opportunity to perform at the at the skill set and level that he's shown he can in the past. It's difficult to change your stripes once you get to the National Hockey League, which I think they were trying to get him to do maybe a little bit too quickly instead of just letting him ride through that. We can debate all that over and over and over again, but in reality, I've always, along this journey, said one thing. I have to see more from the player as well. And that you know that's what it really boils down for me is I want to see more from the player. I want to see a player pushing so hard that the coach can't deny giving him more ice time. The, can't, the coach can't deny giving him an opportunity maybe with a different line. If you just accept what's given to you and don't really excel in that situation, and when I say excel, I don't mean score 15 goals in the fourth line and be you know dominating force every single game. I just didn't see enough game in and game out from me that warrant a change, to be honest. Now, you could argue that the other guys that were in those positions weren't doing a heck of a lot either at times, and yes, that a change could have been done just to stimulate something in in the team at certain times, I'll agree with that. I I think, you know what, sometimes by default you get an opportunity because some guys just aren't pulling their weight. But when it comes to young players, I got to tell you, it's it's a real catch-22. And this one has backfired now, and it's gone to a point where he says he wants to trade. There's nothing to say that they couldn't talk to him and maybe work out a deal where he does come in, works himself into shape, works himself into playing, and then becomes a little bit easier to maybe deal once people realize that he's back and 100% and playing. I don't know what's going to happen there, but it sounds like he's made up his mind, and we'll just have to wait and see uh, where the cards fall. How many times did we discuss Paul Yarby in our separate coaches' availabilities before Too many games? Times. Little... Too, many Too times, many times, to be honest with you. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And listen, that's unfortunately, that's us too. I'll, we'll take some blame for that. I certainly will. As the media, we're always going to key on the storylines. We're always going to key on the the questions that people have on their minds at any given moment and he was he was a polarizing figure he's one of those one of those guys that uh you know people like people didn't like people wanted to see more people thought that he wasn't being given an opportunity people thought that he had to do more himself um is he a bust is he just a late bloomer who knows you know what i guess maybe we'll never know in edmonton because it looks like he's probably going to be moved i mean listen when a player asks for a trade i remember glenn Sather used to come in the room <laughs> a couple times a year i kind of chuckle because you know I, we knew nobody was going to step up and say, I'd like out of here right now. But he used to always step step into the room. You could hear a pin drop in there. And he would say, listen, if anybody doesn't want to be here, if anybody doesn't want to be amongst these players here and these friends and this team, come to my office or step up now and just tell me, and I will gladly move you within the next 24 hours. He goes, and I promise you I will move you. I'm not just saying this, saying, oh, you know, I don't want anybody in this team that doesn't want to be here. And I I truly believe that, Bob. I really do. I think that, you know, these guys go to war each and every day together. 
Uh, they battle for one another. It's a tight-knit group. But if you're on the outside of that group looking in, it's a lonely place. It's just, it's just not you. If you're not one of the guys in that room, and it happens on every team, it's really difficult to claw back in there, especially for young players. So I'm not saying that's necessarily exactly what happened with Yessa, but we've talked about this with Yakupov in the past. We talked about this with Yessa. If you get on the wrong side, it's really difficult to get back. And that's, you know, I'm not blaming the player for that. You can blame the veteran players. You can blame the team. Whatever you want, it doesn't matter. It happens. And nature takes its course. And I just think that if you don't want to be with a team, which he's obviously stated now through his agent, then move on. Go somewhere else. And I wish him nothing but the best. I really do. I hope he goes and takes off. I know that'll be a burn to Oilers fans. and They'll say, oh, my God, there was a player there. I don't necessarily see that happening myself. But you know what? If it does, I wish him all the best. We're joined week. right now by Louis DeBrasque. Louis, I, I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. When he doesn't want to, you know, based on the agent's comments, come back in with a brand-new general manager and a brand-new head coach. That's take surprising a run. to me. It's surprising right? to me, yeah. So yeah. that tells me that it's – that tells me that – and you know what? You read – his read and react game is not there. We know that. And the players are the first – you joke all the time about some skilled offensive guy – having to play with you in the fourth line and you know you, you refer to yourself as a slug well you my friend got into 400 games in the nhl but the, the fact it was is a title i was okay with i was okay with that title the i get do you think maybe sometimes paul yarby might think you know maybe he has more confidence in his games than some oh. of his teammates might is that fair it, it absolutely has an inflated ego and an inflated um you know, evaluation of his game. There's no question. And I, I believe Neil Yakupov had the same thing, but I think that's what makes these young players what they are at a young age and why they're so dominant when they come up and why they're picked so highly. I mean, that, I don't want to fault him for that because that's also a strength of his. I, I believe anyway. That's just my own personal opinion. I believe that character, um, characteristic in players, especially at a young age, the question is how do they deal with it when they hit a wall? How do they deal with it when they run headfirst into that first block of adversity they're going to face when they're facing men and guys that are just as good or better on more occasions than not than they are? And that's when you see players that learn, adapt, train, come back with a different mentality and all of a sudden take another step. And then the next year they take another step. And the next thing you know, they're doing what they were doing at the minor league level um, or junior league level, now at the NHL level. That's called progression. That's called development. That's called a young player figuring it out and knowing how to do what he does best at this level. I will say at the start of last year, when he came in fresh, I saw some legs that I didn't see the previous year. I saw him do some things. That I was like, wow, you know what? Maybe there is some hope there for him. He, he's a big guy. When he gets moving, he's an absolute juggernaut out there. Didn't see it enough, though. I'm sorry. I didn't see it enough. And uh, you know what? That's just the reality of it. This is a harsh world. It's a tough game, and it's a tough lineup to crack each and every night. And for me, I think that that's something he's really going to have to look inside. And again, going back to your point previously, the fact that he doesn't want to come in here with a whole new regime in place makes it even more baffling to me. Because if you're a player, and I've been through coaching changes, general manager changes throughout my career, every single time there's a change in any one of those capacities, especially coach and GM, um, it's a whole new ball game. You're trying to win over different people. And tell me, as from an opportunity point of view, 
he going to necessarily get a better opportunity than with a new general manager, a new head coach, now a new associate coach coming in here and trying to work with him once again to say, listen, we want to bring out the best in you. They want nothing more than to make this project work. So I just, it's baffling to me that he doesn't want to at least give it a chance at the start. And I think it's also pretty telling to me that, you know what, this kid really does want out, period. Nick has texted us on our Heartland Ford text line. When hearing the fire coming from Louis DeBrusque, you could tell if he was playing, he wouldn't want Yessa as a teammate. Doesn't matter where he is drafted. He hasn't panned out. Oilers should move on, and best of luck to him. And this text comes in saying, uh, it seems clear to me this is all Paul Yarvey or Paul Yarvey's camp. Jonathan Drouin demanded uh, he had to play in the NHL to Tampa, and look what happened. Spoiled. Players that demand to be in the NHL have poor attitudes. Dude is, uh, dude is a loner because he wants things this way and only his way, not the sort of guy you want in the dressing room. So there's lots going out there right now. Um, yeah. And I've got to tell you, there's probably some truth to that. I mean, just from what we've seen, and again, I can't speak for what happens every day inside that dressing room. None of us can. Right. But you know what? What I can say is just from body language, from what I see each and every day watching him from our perspective, yeah, there, there's some of that. I just, I honestly just didn't see enough. And I think, you know, a, a lesson for young players, you want change, then go stimulate that change. You know, go out there and do things that make the coach go, you know what, I love seeing you here early working out. I like seeing you run the stairs like Neil Yakupov having his best year that year, by the way. Running stairs in the in the Coliseum, the, uh, in the Rexall, sorry, at that time. Running the stairs, getting himself ready, trying to become a better pro. You start putting the work in that way and really buying in that way, that's all a coach ever wants. That's all a coach wants to see is somebody trying to get better. And, you know, listen, I got along with, 99.9% of the guys I ever played with. You know, I was, I, I feel I was a good teammate and I, I always wanted the best for my teammates. A guy like Yessa, I would want nothing more, like from your, your text message there, I, w- I would want nothing more than to see him succeed. You know, because I understand that the better he is, the better our team is. Simple as that. Even from where I was looking at my, from my perspective on our team, being one of the least skilled guys, if not the least skilled guy on the team, when I looked up, I knew that the more skilled, bigger and stronger and faster that we were, we were going to be a good team. And that's a great thing. So I would want nothing but the best for him. But sometimes, like I said before, it just doesn't gel for whatever reason. Now, you can put the onus on the player, which I'm going to hear a little bit. He's a young player and maybe doesn't know any different yet. He'll learn very quickly, though, that it's not always the grass is not always greener on the other side. And I'm not saying that as a threat. What I'm saying is you're still going to deal with the same obstacles there that you dealt with here. So where does the change have to come from? He's had coaches, not one, but coaches tell him the same different things. So when is it finally where the player says, you know what, maybe I got to start doing some things differently here. And Sammy that's has, just, yeah. that's, Sammy has that's just what it is. Sammy has a different perspective, Louis. He texts us. He says, Bob, does the team not hold any accountability in putting the player in a position to succeed? Yes, the player could have been better, but seems to me that everyone is excusing the bigger picture here, and that's that the model of improper player development that was in place. There's proof of Jesse being the last one on the ice doing work inside the community on off days, and now he's being, and yet he's being painted as a villain. I know you pick and choose the text you read, so pick this one. Maybe yep. offer a different opinion than you're painting, Sammy. 
Hey, I'm the one that texted out no. or tweeted out the picture of Koskinen being on the ice with Paul Yarvey at yeah. the end of practice. And he did spend extra time. Uh, but I also think that in this situation, given the fresh start that they would have, it's clear that maybe he wants to move along and this is kind of his decision. So I totally. think we are trying... Yeah. I'm not trying to paint him as a villain at all. I'm truly not. He's a young player, and I've said that all along. So disappointing to me that it couldn't work, and I've said that before because I just feel you can reel in a player like that and, and get them to buy in and just somehow make them feel part of the team. But like I said, there's always exceptions to every rule, and for whatever reason, this one, we've talked about this guy a lot, Bob. I mean, and here's the thing. I guess we'll have to wait and see, won't we? I guess we'll see who's right and who's wrong on what happens in the future. Yeah. Uh, just very quickly, some more texts. Uh, he accomplished nothing and demand anything, and it's not a good teammate. No one will like him if you do that. It was a huge mistake uh, to go down that path. Uh, another texter says, I've said this before. He knew he was going to be the top pick, a top pick for at least two years. Why didn't he start to learn English at that time? A lot of issues there on the player. But the contrast out of Calgary, you can't continually say the bottom line is X, Y, Z. The organization has a duty to bring the player up to speed, and they should be. They can't jockey around a team who can't speak English, give them uh, no consistent minutes or line mates, and look back and say bottom line is he hasn't scored enough. So there, we've tried to provide as detailed as much as we can. Hey, other players and other organizations have found new homes and progressed. Dylan Strom, Louis DeBrusque, primary example. You know, now I'll say this. Dylan was more committed to playing in the AHL than it sounds like Marcus Lato's camp was with Paul Yarby because well, Dylan Strom was I, a productive so player in the AHL. There you go. Before before you go there, and that's really important too, I know the, the gentleman that texted in and said they really didn't, they didn't put him in a position to succeed. There was a real pushback when he was down in the American Hockey League. He felt he was too good for the American Hockey League. And, you know, and I, and I understand that from the text messenger a little bit later. Yeah, he was, he was a high pick for a couple of years before going to the draft. He walks in here again with that elevated sense of self, feeling that he's going to jump in the NHL and do exactly what his countryman Patrick Laine has been doing down in Winnipeg. And it just didn't work out that way. Okay? And sometimes players develop at different rates, and I totally understand that, and everybody kind of gets that gist, that just that, look, listen, you're not all going to step in at the same rate. But at the same time, he probably should have been down there a lot longer. You know, he should have been down there really working on his skills, really grinding it out. So when he gets that opportunity, I can say Kenny Holland has been known for that in his in his career. He's not going to rush anybody into the NHL. And yeah. that could be a real good thing moving forward. All right, Louie, is, uh, after this weekend, will Milan Lucic still be an Edmonton Oiler? Ooh, good question. You know what? It's uh, there's certainly been a lot of chatter about it, and I'm certain there will be more discussions about it. This could easily get done this weekend. This is when a lot of activity is going to happen, and I guess we get the sense there might be a little more this weekend with the type of draft that's going to be. I don't mean any disrespect to the draftees. I just mean that in that top 10 to 15, let's say, and then after that, there might be some movement because if you really like a player and you want to move up, there's multiple teams with two picks in the first round, like. There's four teams, I believe, with 10 picks. I mean, there could be some shuffling and moving, and we hope there is because it makes it a fun day for us, right? Two days for us. But at the same time, deals do get done. When Anytime you have this many hockey personalities in the same room for this length of time, discussions spark up, and uh, we'll see. It could for sure happen, though, if it's going to happen. 
Who do you think the Oilers take at number eight, Louie? Oh, good question. Uh, it's going to totally depend on what happens in the first seven, obviously, who's still on the table. There's a few guys that I really like that I think could slide up and down. Cole Caulfield's one guy that's it's intriguing to me. I'm a little cautious with Yamamoto and Caulfield, too, but two smaller guys in the same type of position, um, similar skill sets, but they both can put the puck in the net, and Caulfield's an elite scorer. Interesting. You know, I know... I don't think Cousins is going to be there. I think he's going to be gone already. He's a guy that I really like, though. I, I like okay. him. He's big. He's strong. He plays a power game. and He's an engine. But if he was there, that'd be the guy. A guy, a guy like Matthew Boldy is another one yep. that's a left-handed yep. shot, similar similar to Cousins. But I like what he brings. And he's the other thing about uh, Boldy that I like, he's a late bloomer. He's a guy that grew. So he's had to learn to play the game one way, but now he's getting bigger and he's being able to play the game a little different way. And it's showing. Uh, Louie, I just want to read this text. Uh, BH has texted the show, Elevate, elevated sense of self regarding uh, uh, our talks on Paul Yarby. Sounds like a guy who wears a skate lace as a belt to a professional function. Is it lost on, is it lost on people out there that Connor McDavid has a very high brace on right now? Has, has nobody figured that out? Are, are, like, do people not figure that out there? That he was probably wearing a brace, and the brace is a high brace. And that would, I mean, you're not exactly going to get form-fitting uh, dress pants on with your suit if you got a high brace on, would you, Louie? <laughs> well, you know what they say. Anytime you see those award shows on TV, I mean, it's all about the gown. It's all about the dress and what people are wearing. And if it's negative or positive, it's still feedback, and you're still in the public eye, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, all right, there you go. When you're, when you're Connor McDavid, I think you can wear whatever you want to wear. Could, be okay with is it possible I could be on to something, though? That maybe oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, I mean, of course. You know what? There probably could be something along those lines that made him wear something. But you know what? Like, he's what? He's, he's a young kid. I mean, because is, is it illegal to maybe not have the greatest fashion sense, or is it you have to have a great fashion sense? Where is it? You know what? Hey, he's dressing the way he wants to dress. I don't. It's kind of whatever to me. I don't really pick that apart. I, I pick apart what he does on the ice, and he's pretty darn good there. He's pretty darn good. My guess is he had that outfit to deal with the fact that he's still got the high brace on right now. Louie, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. All right, man. Take care. We'll see you. See ya. That's Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 1254 in Edmonton. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break. Come back at 1256, 1257. Bang off about three minutes worth of text. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1256 in Edmonton. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and Brendan and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. You can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford uh, text line. Bob, it's not the first time Connor's used a string as a belt. It's a fashion statement. Nothing to do with the leg. Um, okay, there we go. I... I thought maybe it had to do with the leg. Who knows? Jeez. The other text says, Bob, if he played anywhere else, you'd be calling him out. Come on. I, I will tell you that it's rare that I ever talk about what guys are wearing, what dudes are wearing. You know why? Because I'm not exactly the Hollywood fashion plate myself. 
I have two colors, black and dark blue. And at 240-ish pounds, there's a reason why I have dark and blue. You can uh, text us at 630-630. Really? It's a $450 belt? Is that right? Somebody has texted the show to say, I did not know that. Uh, MC, the OG, says it's a $450 belt. Kid probably got paid to put that on. Connor's girlfriend looks like she has more style in her pinky than half the people listening to the show. I'm sure she said she had something to say on that. I have no idea. Uh, I just know that a lot of people were commenting on it last night, and I wondered whether or not it was possible because... Maybe he couldn't do a normal belt up. Who knows? Oh, San Jose All-Star game. People are saying he went with the same belt. I did not know that. Flames fan Jesse says, as a Flames fan, just a public announcement. We do not want that boat anchor Lucic, even if you take Neil. Laugh out loud from Flames fan Jesse. Well, I wonder what the guys in the actual Calgary Flames would say who they'd want more. You can text us at 630-630. Hey, Bob, Jay from Regina. I'm the guy who has texted you multiple times saying, what about Pugliarvi for Jack Roslovic? I get your point as to why you can't see Winnipeg doing it, uh, especially with Hayes gone. Roslovic now will get some more time at center. I'm a Sasky guy and follow the Oilers and the Jets fairly closely. There you go. You can text us at uh, 630-630. Bob, are you surprised Drysaddle didn't make the second All-Star team? Um, it was close, right? Was he fourth in one wing, eighth in another wing? Where was he in center? Eighth? Yeah, not, I don't know. I mean, I thought Taylor Hall should have made it the one year when he had, uh, what was it, 80 points or whatever. Um, he's close. Leon was close. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen back. Uh, uh, Eileen Bell up next with a global news weather traffic update. And when we come back for Canadian Power Pack, Brian Burke on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.